playing games with our hearts. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to yet another episode of Quit Playing Games with Our Hearts, the monthly podcast by myself, Blake, and my co-host, Dan, about the games that we are loving to play and are captivating our hearts. Dan, how's it going, brother? It is going. The snow is on the ground. Yep. It's our annual snowfall here, so I get to go, uh, you know, put my back into it and scoop the driveway for the second time in as many days. Nice. I uh, do none of those things. I just observe the beauty of the snow, <laughs> and I wear my sunglasses indoors due to the glaring light being reflected off the snow, and that's about it. Oh, apartment living. Yeah, right. <sighs> <laughs> so we got a fun episode this week or this week this month because uh the fact that uh i joined dan in being the owner of an oculus quest so we both two. were in the vr oculus realm. quest 2 yes that is correct oculus quest 2 mm-hmm. and uh we've been having some fun to say the least as a result so uh <laughs> more on that later on in the episode uh we uh I was just saying, why did you get yours? How did you get yours? Let's let's do the origins okay. of our Quest Twos. Sure. So, I was taking my nephews to a VR room here locally in Vancouver. We went like two weeks in a row, and it was a lot of fun. I really liked it. I never really done VR that much before. And then my brother messaged my dad and was like, "Hey, you should get Blake this Oculus Quest for Christmas." So my dad was like, "Okay." And then instantly turns to me while I'm sitting next to him at his house one day and says, do you want this for Christmas? And I was like, yeah, that'd be awesome. And then he goes, okay, we'll go get it tomorrow. So then he proceeds (laughs) to drive me to Best Buy. And then he says, here, gives me his credit card and then goes, go inside and buy it. I'll wait here. (laughs) So I go and buy my own Christmas present. Yeah. And then I come back to the car. It's very dad-like. It gets better. And And then when I come back to the car, I'm like, I'm like, this is awesome, Dad. Thank you. And I'm like, now you just have to wrap it and then put it under the tree. And then he goes, yeah, I'm not doing that. Just take it home with you. Actually, his exact <laughs> words were, I'm going to uh, alter this. He went, F that. I'm not wrapping anything. He goes, I'll put money in a card is the most you'll catch me wrapping. That's what he said. To me. <laughs> exactly. It's so dad, dad-like. I love it. I love yeah. it. But it allowed me to get to play it for uh, a few weeks before Christmas, which was really mm-hmm. nice. And uh, I had Dan, who had to deal with my uh, ineptitude <laughs> at technology since Once he again. knew everything already. Yeah, yeah, it's a constant. No, and mine, um, earlier this summer, essentially, I was getting into flight sims again. And I was doing research between getting head tracking, a head tracker, which was like $160 for the head tracker. So you use your monitor, but you can actually turn your head and look around on your monitor, essentially. And that was kind of cool. But then the research was like, well, that's the cool, like maybe like high tech, like best graphic way. But if you want like the most immersion, you really want a VR headset. And so I asked a friend of mine who has all the toys and I was like, hey, Sean, do you have an extra, do you have a VR headset that I could borrow to try out to see if it would be worth more than just getting the head tracker? And he's like, bro, I have one. I haven't used in a year and a half. It's yours for like a hundred bucks. And it was like the very first Oculus Rift. So it uh, boasted a stunning resolution of 800 by 800, but it did give me that taste of playing an Elite Dangerous 
you know, with the headset on. And it was just amazing because you could look out the windows of the spaceship and you're looking all around like the battles in space combat were way better with the headset. I had a DCS world as well that I was flying F-14s in and to actually be able to look around the cockpit and look up and out the window was amazing. And yeah, it was so nuts. I'm just like, uh, this resolution has got to get better though. And when I was back in Omaha visiting my family, a buddy of mine, I was having drinks with him one night and telling him about my search for the quest too. And he's like, oh. Your quest for the like, quest? My quest for the quest. I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking around my birthday time. I'll probably get it. And he's like, uh, my company gave me one like eight months ago, the quest two, and I haven't actually even unwrapped it yet. He's like, you want it? And so he sold me the quest two for $200. So I got home and I sold my riff for a hundred dollars so yeah for two hundred dollars i got the quest two. <laughs> oh heck yeah that's awesome <laughs> yeah i put up the other one i probably should have put it up for more i mean it sold out like i sold it in like three hours i put it online on a facebook marketplace and i was meeting Castle somebody free is the way to go though <laughs> it was nice but i'm almost thinking like as fast as it sold i could have maybe gotten another fifty dollars towards but Fair. it was fine it was gone and i had the 1600 by 1600 resolution so doubled the resolution i think that's what it is i can't remember but it's significantly better and oh, then quest for I, the quest your, your quest is good it's a good quest <laughs> it was a good quest it was a fun quest but yeah let's go into updates what are your what's your pokemon update blake yeah so i've been playing pokemon uh, brilliant diamond it's uh, a lot of fun i'm a very slow pokemon player like my my other friend he is like can't play enough of it and just like plays like eight hour stretches of it and i'm that's not how i roll i'll play like maybe a 45 minute stretch max two hours one day but i just take my time and play the game and i've been really enjoying it it uh hits all the notes of what i want in a pokemon game as well as uh, having some updated graphics and animations and uh, other little little things but staying true to to what i feel pokemon should be which it's nice they evolve the game with Sword and Shield, but I think when you have a formula that works so well, you don't really need to reinvent the wheel, which is what they did with this remake, and it was uh, very well done, and I hope they uh, learn from this because I think it's been like a huge success everywhere in the way it's been received and the way people have been enjoying and playing the game. So uh, it's really nice, really fun. Uh, I'm about to get to the end where I have to face the Elite Four, which I'm uh, pretty stoked about. Nice. All right, I will update. Still playing a crap ton of Rocket League. That just never changes. I just keep going back to it. It's not a lot to say there, but Slay the Spire update, thanks to a few listeners. So kind of when we did the review, I kept building my decks and trying to keep them kind of slim in like the 20 to 24 card range. Like those were my most successful decks, it seemed, like the ones that were finishing with these very sleek 24 card decks. And then um, a couple of listeners are like, yeah, I usually go with like 30 plus. I was like, 30 plus. And so I started doing some research. And yeah, apparently like most people that are good at the game go with like about a 30 plus deck. So yeah, I started adopting that strategy. And holy smokes, yeah, it's amazing. Because when you're not being so selective, you have a lot more runs that can go further. Just because you're taking better cards, so your deck's getting better all the time. And there's just times like where I I I'm a silly like I want to try to build these stupid combo decks, and I've gotten it to work a couple times. I've gotten a all for one combo with uh, all for one is a two cost card that returns all zero cost cards to your hand, 
So you get a few zero cost cards and then there's another colorless card you can pick up that can make uh, cards zero cost cards. You make a hologram a zero cost and then you make all for one a zero cost and then you just profit because you're just casting all for one to pull back the hologram, the hologram to pull back the all for one and you just loop that until everybody's dead in the level. And that was really fun Ooh. when I got that to pull off. Yeah. And there's a few other, like I did a few other cards to make sure that I got those two cards. Cause the madness card makes a random card in your hand cost zero. So you had to shrivel your hand down to just those two cards and have the madnesses in hand. So it was like a whole thing, but it was super fun. Cause it was like a little puzzle. Every battle is how do you get it? And uh, I had seek, which is a card as a zero cost card that allows you to go find a card in your draw pile and put it in your hand. And if you upgrade it, you can find two cards. So once I got an upgraded seek, it became pretty, pretty easy. But before that, it was kind of a fun little puzzle to, to make it happen. But yeah, all that to say is when we recorded the episode last month, I was pretty much Ascension level five across the board. And now I'm Ascension level 11 with Ironclad and Silent and 10 for Defect and Watcher. And just Dang. going with these bigger decks, I've really actually been liking Ironclad a lot. And he's got a lot of potential for building silly exhaust combo decks that I keep trying yeah. to build as well. And they've yep. been a lot of fun. So he's grown in my eyes. And I've almost got to say, I think the Watcher is my least favorite now. Because I don't really? know her. Ah, it's just... <laughs> she does have a couple combos that you can go for. because I, I You can get hurt by the Watcher, though. That kind of sucks, though. Yeah, I don't know. I just... I don't, yeah, the combo that you have I'm to try to build for build her. I'm on a watcher build right now, actually. Yeah, the one you have to build for her is like a mantra one, and that's hard to pull off. Like the cards you need for it aren't offered very often. So maybe that's more the thing. I'm just going for these combo decks and the fact that it's not as straightforward to get her combo deck. But yeah, it's been fun. I've been going with these bigger decks and always kind of going with combo in the back of my mind. I've kind of come across some silly builds that maybe haven't gone the distance, but were super fun to play. Like today I had a double all for one deck that actually did some pretty silly things. And I just narrowly lost to the act two boss. I think if I had gotten through the act two boss, I might've been good to just cruise through act three. It's funny how that works. eh? Yeah, it is. It is like, like the act two boss is actually the hardest boss because of the fact that your deck isn't quite where it needs to be. And you're on the cusp of just getting it exactly where you want. And you can also just kind of go into that battle too at a little bit lower health since you've been going through the entire Act 2. Because Act 2 is not easy to get through. But no. No. And then I've had, yeah, I've had three defect runs make it to the third boss in the last day that just haven't quite been able to overcome the third boss. There were decks that were just good enough to keep like scrap and claw my way to the boss. And the last one I had the Donut Boys. They're two two enemies oh, I hate that. I'd taken out the first enemy and I had the second enemy down to like 60 hit points and I just got a bad draw where I didn't have enough block and he had a huge attack yeah I've been rocking the the watcher lately I've been so I finally got ascension all across which took me forever um <laughs> and then once I got ascension all across I've been now trying to like get the next one like level up the next one I'm on the watcher right now and uh, I'm, I have this build going that's just doing like mega damage like I'm I'm doubling down on going into the um was it eruption mode yeah wrath yeah yeah wrath wrath mode through eruption and other cards like i'm really doubling down on really high damage cards so i've gotten it so i can kill an enemy on turn one 
without ever <laughs> letting them respond. Like I've gotten that like like and I don't mean like one of the little ones. I mean like a hundred to two hundred hit points and in one shot them. Because nice. it's just getting crazy with like strength and wrath and all that stuff, just comboing and then make them weaker or something like or vulnerable. That's it. So then it's just working. They're just doubling down and getting a bunch of zero cost stuff into your hand. It's it's a pretty neat build, but the problem is you get to points with that where if you can't exit your stance, sometimes you're just like you're done. <laughs> you're just done, and that's I think sometimes the issue with Watcher is it's a it's a it's a hail mary sort of. Yeah, no, I've definitely lost some runs where I thought I had, I thought the math on my head was right to go into Wrath and finish them off. Then it turns out it's not, and you're in Wrath, so the damage coming back at you is even bigger and just yeah. splats you. Yeah, there's there's also, I like the 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 bigger decks thing. Like, I started trying that, as you say, and I, I totally get it. Like, once you start hitting the Ascensions, those cards that get put into your deck become greater as part of the downfall of the strength of your your enemies and so if you have a slim deck you're literally going to be drawing like one card that you can actually play in some of those instances and i've had that happen before and i was like okay I yeah see and they're jamming now. your deck full of status cards yep yep yeah you i just lost need that to mitigate. Yeah. i had a cool one the other night which was actually a slim deck again because i just kept getting remove card events and so i did it but then i did die where i had like one strike and all status cards in hand <laughs> just like shoot I just can't do anything here. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's Slay the Spire. It's been it's been still being played a bunch. Um, it's a great casual game. Like there's there's like oh, when you have on the nothing phone. to do and you're on the go and you got to kill like ten minutes, you can't go wrong. Yep. And like dad mode, like I can just lock my phone. Like there's not you know it's not like enemies are attacking me or anything. Like you can just quick lock phone, go yeah deal with whatever thing is happening and unlock phone and resume. Yeah, it's a great game. Mm-hmm. Maybe next month I'll talk about XCOM on mobile because that is now on a phone. And I just picked that up a couple days ago and been having fun with that. But yeah, a little teaser. All yeah, right. my other game I'm going to go over before we get to our main gaming topic and play the second game. game. Oh, yeah, uh, right. We'll cover it in the main topic. Uh, so the Halo Infinite campaign released in early December and... I spent a pretty good amount of time in it. I I don't know, maybe maybe I'm up to maybe like ten hours, eight to ten hours played in it. Um, it's it's actually being called Halo Breath of the Wild. Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's true. Like I haven't played Breath of the Wild, but I watched a friend stream it on Twitch before, and yeah, it's the same kind of concept. It's an open world map. You can go wherever you want, do whatever you please. Um, there's just kind of events and different things like on the map there's like you have to rescue soldiers that are being pinned down or captured by um, the enemy or you can go capture other forward operating bases and you can quick travel to forward operating bases so the more forward operating bases you get kind of the faster you can traverse the map um, doing the missions unlocks valor that you can spend at your operating bases to get access to more vehicles or different weapons that you can just always go to a forward operating base and pick up that weapon. Um, yeah, there's just a bunch of things on the map. There's little assassinate missions that you have to go do. There's a main story path. So, I mean, if you want to, you can just probably stay on the main story path and just blaze through it. But I've just been having fun, essentially, just kind of going to a section of the map, clearing all the little things on there, 
and just moving to the next section of the map and just kind of doing it that way. So, I mean, to complete the entire thing is going to take me forever, but <laughs> it's going to have a lot of content. Um, I'm playing it on normal difficulty, and it is like the ideal difficulty. Like, the enemies are not pushovers, but they're not like so hard that you're like getting frustrated. Like, when you die, you died because you were stupid and you like you push forward or something. Like, there's definitely times where there's a lot of enemies and you have to play it smart and pop out, take out a couple, go find cover, run away, use your grappling hook. Oh, the grappling hook is so fun. I have like almost fully maxed out the grappling hooks upgrades. But it just makes it fun. You almost get to be Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Halo Chief, a little bit, a little combo. Use that a lot to like get away or to get in really quick, kill a couple guys, and then grapple hook back out of the battle so you can recover your shields. And yeah, I don't know. I'm having a ton of fun with it. It's amazing with the uh, with the whole like little mini missions, open map. Like you can literally just like pop on, play for 15 minutes. You can probably complete like two little side side quests essentially, and pop back out. Or you can sit there and you get stuck with the uh, oh, I'm really close to this now. Oh, this just popped up on my map. I'm gonna go do that really quick. And then like two hours later, you're like, I meant to stop two hours ago. <laughs> classic gaming oh gaming classic crap. gaming yeah it's just it's really nice it's it's really well done if you want to try it definitely do a game pass trial those are really cheap out there or if you just have the game pass it's on game pass so i'm i literally i bought enough black friday game passes to get me through six months to see if i really liked the game pass and i kept thinking about pulling the trigger to make it a full year and i think i'm gonna kick myself come like i think it's like may when my game pass runs out and I have to pay full price for it <laughs> because uh, I've been playing Halo and then Forza 5 with my kids we got a steering wheel so my kids oh, like yeah, to drive so around fun. oh Forza 5 looks amazing and then it works well with the steering wheel and it's an open world game as well an open world driving game so we can just they get to pick out a car and paint it whatever color they want and then drive it just anywhere that's been a lot that's of fun cool. I like it but yeah, so that's the Halo Infinite campaign. Definitely check it out if you're a Halo gamer. Um, and yeah, like the Game Pass is my suggestion on how to play it since you can, you know, save your $60. And I think it's, I, they, they always have trials that are like 10 bucks for three months or something like that. And if you're like me in three months, you're probably not going to be playing it anymore anyways. So $10 <laughs> to play it versus $60 is uh, is the way to go. I like it. All right. Main topic. Here we go. Virtual reality gaming. Yep. yep. So what are we playing together? So we, um, why don't we talk about some of the other games first? Okay. So like when I got my virtual reality, Dan said to me, like, you have to get Beat Saber, which was like already on my radar. It seemed like a good thing. Yep. It's fun. It's casual. It's, it's easy to fun. do with anyone who comes yeah. over. It's guitar I can bring hero. my Oculus. Yeah. Guitar I can bring my Oculus anywhere. And then anyone can play it. Like it's I feel like it's a good kind of like experience my VR thing. It's not too involved. You can do something quick. So I I like it. It's great. It's a nice little warm-up too for the arms as well. And then um then he said, and this was the game that really took me surprised. He's like, you gotta <laughs> get super hot. That's what he said yes. to me. And this yes. game is just a great concept in terms of virtual reality getting to play. It's not like crazy graphics or anything, but conceptually, it is one of the coolest things I've ever experienced. So, Dan, why don't you go into that in a little bit more detail? 
Yeah, so my history with Super Hot was I had it, I think it was like the Xbox game, Games with Gold. I think it was a free game at one point. So I think I played it on Xbox One, maybe even 360. I don't know. It's been out for a while. And it was just, it was amazing in that. So the concept of the game is a first person action game. I won't really call it a shooter because sometimes you're using katanas, sometimes you're throwing bottles at things. Um, there's just so many options. But the hook is time only moves as you move. So on controller, it was still pretty amazing because you would move slowly and then you could kind of react and it, you kind of felt like you were Neo in the Matrix and like you're dodging bullets. Like, um, yeah, so that's all with controller on a screen. And then they made it into a VR game with the same concept. And oh my goodness, uh, one of my buddies got the HTC Vive when it first came out like two or three years ago. And yeah, we may have spent more than a few nights just passing it back and forth in an endless mode, seeing how many people we could kill before we get taken out. And it's just in VR, it is nuts. Like you're seeing the bullets come at you. I actually found out the other day that you can catch the bullets, <laughs> which is nuts. So like cool. It's so cool because typically if you get touched by a bullet, you die. But I found out if you move slow enough, um, and I, I don't know if your hand has to be to the side or not, or if you can just straight pull, pluck it out of the air, but I was, I was able to catch multiple bullets and felt super cool. Um, but yeah, they just dropped into these situations where you essentially, you may have a gun next to you and you may not. And then there's just a bunch of enemies and you have to, um, yeah, get rid of the enemies before they get rid of you. Yeah. I mean, I, I like it because it's. It's interesting because in VR, you have like a boundary. And in this game, you really can't like move that much. So like it's 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 the most fun game for me because it's the one game that I've played where I'm legitimately like laying on the floor and like crouching around. And if like anyone's watching me, they're probably like, what the heck is this guy <laughs> doing right now? And, and there's one time I had this moment where the the enemy like dropped the gun and it was totally like out of reach, but it was right there. So I'm like leaning forward and reaching. And then I went outside of my guardian boundary that I set for like my play area. And then when you go outside the guardian boundary, it kind of like shows your room through the black and white like video. So you're aware of what's going on. And I look and I'm reaching forward. I'm literally like reaching into my fireplace to try and craft this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, yes. maybe that, that's why it's getting warm. <laughs> So yeah, it was just like trying to reach this one gun, which I really needed. And I did grab it before putting my hand fully in the fireplace. But it was uh, it was pretty funny because it's like no other game have I had that experience before. Like everything feels like you can either just move a little bit closer. But this one, it's like you actually have to physically move to get to the things. Like there's no thing to like actually make you move. But it's it's such a fun game and it's just really well done. And it's really great as well because you, in other games, like the movement can create motion sickness when you're not used to it. But this one, it's like a good experience of getting to experience all of that. And you're unlikely to have the motion sickness. Although yeah, my friend got really shot moving. in the head during that game, trying it out. And he literally <laughs> fell on the floor. Like he just like dropped to the floor, like a bag of potatoes. It was so funny. Uh, and then he was like messed up. He's like, he's like, dude, I, that was like, he's like, I think I saw my life flash before my eyes. It was really funny. No, it's funny. The other thing we'd always do too is like, you're usually like behind some barrier or there's like a chair. And we had multiple times when we were playing at my buddy's house where we'd lean on something thinking we're leaning on something, but there's nothing there. <laughs> we're just yeah. <laughs> lean forward and fall over because you're like, oh yeah, that's not actually a wall in front of me. It's a yeah, virtual oh, it's, wall. 
it's such a cool game. But yeah, so that's that's like a really good one. It's usually on sale for like nine dollars. I think at max it's twenty bucks, and it's well worth it if you have a VR set. But if you can wait, throw it on a Steam wish list. Um, and yeah, it usually drops or gets put in bundles quite a bit. And then um, <sighs> I also got into this. It's just called Fit XR. And yes, it is a fitness game, which um, I didn't think I would do. But oddly enough, it's like one of my favorite VR experiences. It's just has a, it's a monthly subscription. It's a free download, but then it's a, you get a seven day trial and then it's a monthly subscription. Uh, go figure fitness does a monthly subscription, but it's, it's really good if you um, like, I don't like like working out and stuff like that because of the fact that it's, like I'm just doing nothing where this creates like the gamification of working out, which is a lot of fun. Like there's like a boxing one where you got to like punch orbs and it works through like uppercuts, like jabs and like hooks and things like that, which is really fun. And then ducking and weaving. And then it has other ways where you got to like do different fitness routines and like smash orbs and stuff like that. So it just makes working out a little bit more fun. And it's like, honestly, like a seriously good sweat. And you can just choose however long you want to do a workout for like 15, 20 minutes, like half an hour, whatever you need. And it's, it's great. Like I found it was like a really nice way to get a workout in and also like have some fun and utilize your VR headset. So I'm a big fan of fit XR. I think it's a great one. Yeah. I have a, little procedure coming up that's going to knock me down for a little bit but once i'm through that i may give that a go as well maybe try to midday it yeah it's a good way you will sweat profusely i can tell you that okay good i need to do that let's get on to the main event of this month main event we have after the fall which was released december 9th so brand new game to vr um is a four-player co-op zombie game and it's very much a port you know, it's in the vein of Left for Dead, Back for Blood. So you're working with four other players, three other players, including yourself. And um, there's five maps with four difficulty levels. And pretty much you can run the same level over and over again because there's so many different spawn points for the zombies. Uh, they put different loot in different areas. So pretty much every run you're doing is a fresh, procedurally generated run. So you don't like some of the things are the same, like the boss is the same and everything, but just kind of where the hordes are going to come from and where the traps are and where the good loot is, all that changes. So it just keeps it fresh as you're running through it. Yeah, it's really cool. Like you, no two runs are the same in so many different ways. It's it's a lot of fun and it's just, it's really well done in terms of like the way you go. The, the aiming isn't the greatest. Like I'm not sure how... <laughs> how like i yeah. feel about it. like you literally like start shooting and then you see where the tracer is and then have to like correct and it just doesn't feel like even if you're using like the sight on it it doesn't seem as good although and dan it, it's 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 starting to get a little bit like i was sitting there's a shooting range in there and i was waiting for blake to figure out all of his technical issues as per usual and log in <laughs> And so I was just sitting there and I was actually getting pretty good. There's a hand cannon, <laughs> oh, the hand cannon. Um, but I was actually getting pretty good at being able to just shoot all, I think there's like five targets and I could shoot them in succession, one handed, not missing a shot. So I think as you play it, you can kind of get to figure it out, but yeah, it is, it's a little weird. And I think the issue mainly is, is that you're in, like your character, the person you're being, you can play seated or standing, but essentially you are 
walking with the thumbstick. So you're walking like you're playing a traditional first-person shooter, but then instead of aiming with the thumbsticks, you're actually aiming with your arms. So yeah. I think it's a lot of stuff for it to process, and we're still not in the early, early days of VR gaming, but we're definitely not in the golden age of VR gaming yet. So they're still trying to figure that out. And I know for like our Oculus Quest 2s, is there's six cameras on it that help track where your arms are. So maybe it's not the most effective tracking system. So maybe if you have a VR gaming set that uses more external cameras, maybe it tracks better. But other than that, it's, yeah, it's super cool. Go ahead. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I, I guess you probably want to talk about my my use of the, the Desert <laughs> Falcon, the hand cannon. That's funny. So... This game has a small tutorial, but it's pretty garbo. It's not great. Like you're kind of going into this game trying to figure things out for yourself. And I finally found a mm-hmm. video that actually had a YouTuber that was like doing multiple runs Super and helpful. was like doing the end game essentially. And he was broke it all down and it was great. It was like the best 10 minute video. It's like uh, developer, please get on this and <laughs> It made a lot more things, but yeah, it's funny. So like I'm somebody that plays first person shooters. I played a lot of left for dead. I've played some back for blood. So like, I understand those, like the different guns. It was really funny. Like Blake doesn't do as many of these games typically. So um, when we first got our, our Falcons, our our Falcons, they're essentially a hand cannon. Uh, We had been using these service pistols that were like 16 round clips fired really fast. And he picks this thing up and he starts to shoot with it. And he's like, man, this thing is garbage. It only has eight shots. What is this? And I was like, bro, it's a hand cannon. You can't, you can't just pull the trigger over and over again. you got to be selective fire with it. Oh, Yeah, that's funny. And, and now I'm like a pro with it, and I two-hand hold it so I get steadier, and I just snipe things. Like our last run, I had like way better more headshots and more accuracy for the first time than Dan because I finally figured it out. But it was my – we got an SMG, and – I did one run because you have to like do all these runs to unlock. And I had okay. The other other thing that yeah, (laughs) Blake doesn't realize is when you see a green exclamation point, you should go over to it and interact with it. So we did all these runs together, and he wasn't talking to the person to progress the story. (laughs) Yeah, so I lost on upgrading my guns, but hey, I got there in the end. And then when I did my run, I got this sight on my SMG that basically like shows me exactly where it's like that I'm going to hit the zombie and I use it in our last run and it like significantly increased my uh, my accuracy and my headshots with SMG yeah. where Dan was still living the peasant life without one and just his, <laughs> just ruining his, his percentage. Yeah, no, it's fun. So pretty much we're using the guns pretty stock right now. We have a few like blue levels, like very low level upgrades for our guns. So I just... I've got things that are helping with the recoil and that kind of thing, but yeah. I don't have any sights yet. But yeah, so as you're doing the runs, there's these floppy disks you can find, and the floppy disks have upgrades. And at the lowest difficulty, you just get base level blue upgrades, which are the lowest level upgrades. But on the next one up, like we did, we tried a mission before when we were having to redo one of the missions Blake was in, and I thought we could do it, and we couldn't quite yet. <laughs> no, we got we got for real owned. Yeah, I mean, we it made it bad. to the boss each time, but we just couldn't get. But it was not close. We got overwhelmed. 
Yeah, and we're playing with two AIs, so you can random matchmake with a full four-person party. And we've done one of those, and it was, I kind of enjoyed it. Blake didn't love it, but I hated it. It was this is literally <laughs> what's happening. Dan doesn't tell me we're doing this. We load into. Well, a I game, didn't mean. To, yeah, I didn't. I didn't. And then suddenly these people are speaking French, and I'm just like, <laughs> Dan, do you hear French? And he's like, and then suddenly this guy goes, No, we speak English too. And I was like, Oh, okay. So it's just two dudes from Quebec, basically. And then they proceed for the rest of the game to not speak English again and only speak French to one another when Dan and I were there after confirming they will be speaking English. It was it was interesting. It was fine. We cleared the mission real fast. It was really like yeah. There's definitely so like the AI the AI is not bad. Like they will if you get frozen, so that's when you get knocked down, your player freezes. The AI will come over and unfreeze you, so they're not totally useless, but I don't know. I know. I know it feels for bad sure. when like you have things in there and it goes killed by the like one of your AIs. I was like, wow, we failed so bad that the AI actually had to start shooting because we weren't getting it done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I I feel like the next the second difficulty level we should be able to get through it. Like once we get our guns upgraded a little bit more, too, that'll help and like it'll have better gun item drops. So hopefully, I can get some sights and that kind of thing. Um, that's our plan for the for after we we finish recording this we're gonna grab some lunch and then uh and then go for a, a zombie run which we we usually do what we say we do probably like three a week maybe maybe four yeah we've been doing them like right around either before or after lunch it's been kind of a fun yeah. thing get in do a couple runs yeah they're usually about what like 30 to 40 minutes roughly depending yeah on, it's uh, about an hour situation. if you do two runs yep yeah but no, it's been fun. We completed all five missions on the lowest difficulty. We just did the last one yesterday, and that was the last mission was really cool. That one's going to get was. crazy on the higher levels too, because yep. it was already kind of crazy. But uh, no, there's not really any character customization. There's no like special abilities. So if you've played Back for Blood, each character has like a special ability. There's there's no everybody's vanilla characters. Um, the only real customization you get is on what upgrades you put on your weapons. And color and um, stuff like that, you can paint them. Yeah, you can paint your weapons and everything, but mainly you're just trying to make your guns better. At this point, I am running the um, Falcon, which is the hand cannon. I like the SMG. And then I was running the um, assault rifle, just an AK, but we just, on um, beating the last mission, we unlocked a new assault rifle that. Yep. It's kind of, it's it fires slower, but it's more accurate. And I think yeah. that's going to be my go-to. So, um, yeah, you essentially, the hand cannon is usually what I walk around with. Like, you can pick off ones and twos pretty easily. And if, like, a big horde's right in my face, switch to the SMG, thin it out. And then, yep. yeah, it pull out the AK when there's, like, bigger, um, bigger, there's some bigger zombies that come in that take a lot of hits to put down. So usually go with the one with the most power, which is the AK. So I'm excited to try out the new gun because, yeah, I think it's going to be way better than the AK. Yeah, I did the last run. And I went SMG with the sight, which was actually god tier. And then I <laughs> Desert Falcon as well. And then I have the service pistol for sometimes you just want to, like, fire. Like, it fires the most fast, I think, with accuracy, but you're getting the least amount of damage. So if you're not headshotting, you're kind of uh, just spraying yeah. but it, it helps well, the other issue with that setup for you though is I'll, I'll just say here is the service pistol and the smg use the same ammo so you're gonna run out oh, of ammo yeah. quicker because they're both using yeah. nine millimeter ammo yeah i'm gonna switch i probably won't use the service pistol next time because i found the smg now i i kind of like 
I find that guns, you kind of get used to how they work and fire and what's their strengths and weaknesses, and then you can really optimize your usage of it. And yeah. I, I was running with a shotgun as well, just because I, I think it's a good thing to have, although the pump feels like, because you're like air pumping, like it's not like you're not actually holding anything, <laughs> it pumping. makes it really awkward and it sometimes doesn't work. So I'm sometimes like standing there just trying to like pump the shotgun with a zombie in my face and it's just not yeah. working very well. It's a, it's the probably the worst gun because it doesn't have the same feel where when you two hand the Falcon, you're actually holding your own hand. So it has that like a real, a more realistic feel to it where the shotgun, you're just like literally pumping air and it's like, oh, guess what? You're not registering your hand high enough up. So it's therefore not doing the action you're trying to do right now. It's like, okay, sweet. I appreciate this. Yeah, I haven't even tried it because I tried it on the shooting range and it just felt bad. And I'm just like, nah, close range. I like the SMG. The SMG reloads really fast. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just it does well when like there's a horde right in front of your face because I mean it's the standard clip is twenty rounds, so we're hopeful we'll get some drum rounds here pretty soon so we can at least yeah. fire for a little round. I think yep. that'll push it to like forty five bullets, which would be nice. Oh but, yeah, baby. Like the SMG, like if you fire like if you just tap fire, it's like three bullets. Um yeah, and it doesn't the spray isn't too bad if you're tap firing, but yeah, if you hold it down, like it just pulls straight up. But, <laughs> You can also two-hand it if you want to. And yeah, like the, the game allows you to like dual wield too. Like, I mean, you can dual wield a shotgun and an AK. You're going to be not accurate at all because both those guns <laughs> are preferred to be two-handed. Yeah, and It's kind of cool in the game. There's a grip function on the remote, essentially. So you put your hand in the right place and hit the grip button. And then your yep. player in-game grips the gun there. But yeah, it's been super fun. Yeah, we, uh, we've been testing out different ways and like with the falcon we were using it for a little while and it's like yeah i feel like it could be more accurate if you two-handed it then blake did his solo run he's like uh yeah you were right that thing's nasty when you two-hand it yeah just stand back and pick them off like just headshots all the way across it's it's really good and it feels really accurate it's it's really nice and usually one shot one one kill for most of them so it's yep. great yep all right, well, yeah. that's going to do it for uh, this month's episode, and I'm sure we'll have more. Uh, we'll definitely have some After the Fall updates next month and maybe even some new VR games because now this system, this is the first time we've actually had like a system that we play together, and we just downloaded a couple bundles, w which have uh, or yeah, a bundle Dan that has the a bundle bunch of cool games. <laughs> yeah, Dan the Bundle King. So uh, we'll have some of those to, uh, to share probably next month as well. So uh, welcome to the VR podcast now, folks. <laughs> yeah, VR gaming. It's yep. coming. Yeah. So uh, thanks everyone for listening this week. Hope you've been enjoying and hope you had a great holiday season. And uh, here's to 2022, the day you are listening to this. It is uh, the new year. So hope you had a great new year as well. Indeed. Happy new year.